0: Just like guys, look out Here comes the Spider-Man
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Amazing Spider-Man Classics. My name is John Wilson and we are finishing up our April recordings covering Amazing Spider-Man numbers 7 and 8 today. With me in the conversation are Josh Bertoni, Donovan Grant, and Zach Henderson is our co-host this month from the podcast Teenage Wasteland, an ultimate Spider-Man podcast that he and I do together. You can find that at teenagewasteland133.libson.com or search on iTunes for Teenage Wasteland and Ultimate Spider-Man Podcast. And now we rejoin the conversation. Amazing Spider-Man 7 came out September 10th, 1963, with a cover date of December, and Josh, take it away.
0: All right. We got Spider-Man's on the cover, and he's noticing that the Vulture's looking a bit cocky. He's like, huh, he seems a little sure of himself. Oh, well. So, we get a splash page where uh, Spider-Man and the Vulture...
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) well, it's an ancient Japanese art piece here. (laughs) Words cannot describe
0: what's going on, but keep in mind that the Vulture's an old and (laughs) Spider-Man is still under 18. So what's going on is probably illegal and not because they're publicly fighting. So let's put it that way. So the Vulture's in jail and everyone's like, you know what? He's kind of being polite. Let's let him work with these tools. It's not like he's going to build a glider and anything and fly out of, wait a minute!
1: Never (laughs) ever let supervillains work in the machine shop, especially villains whose MO involved a talent for nicking devices together.
0: He flies out of jail. So Peter's at school and the kid from issue six with the transistor radio walks by Peter at the right moment and hears about the vulture so he excuses himself from playing volleyball which makes flash rib on him Huh, oh, you're always draining away when we're doing something physical and peter thinks about how he'd love to kill flash once again so, Peter explains to us how his web shooters work, in case this is our first issue, as he swings through Forest Hills, quietly, saying, well, because of my spider sense, I'm going to make sure that nobody sees me. Which, gosh, if only he would have thought of that before Mary Jane Watson figured out his secret identity, but that's another point. <laughs> he
2: was uh, a little preoccupied that.
0: We see another case of Spider-Man ruining a child's credibility with his parents when a kid's like, Mommy, I see Spider-Man! then like, quiet, what would he be doing in Forest Hills?
1: Which is, oh. I think, the first mention of Spider Man living in Forest Hills.
0: That's why I, I had a note for that, yeah, because I said that we weren't really getting specific locations. We knew that he was in New York in those first stories because of the Fantastic Four, but otherwise, yeah.
2: I mentioned t- last issue that uh, that was the first time you were see Spider Man like doing the webbing down the coin to read a newspaper thing.
0: Yeah, where he'd like do a coin. But another yes. denied kid, another kid, you know, that's another kid who's never gonna
1: see another horror movie again. <laughs> so he's like. Maybe it's the same kid. <laughs> I thought that's what I thought. Yeah, <laughs> mommy, daddy, I just saw Spider-Man swinging across the rooftops. You're just imagining things, Bobby. And the panel that got cut out is, how are his therapy sessions going anyway? Oh, not well. <laughs> not well his, at
0: all. His therapist, is doctor, Ryan. What was his name, Reinhardt, Reinhardt or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Spider-Man's thinking, you know what? I had that magnetic device that stopped the vulture. Um, I'm just going to use it again. That guy's an idiot. Uh, little does Spider-Man know that the Vulture's made some modifications, so that device isn't actually going to work. But the Vulture sees Spider-Man and pretends that it's going to work, so he plays Possum. The Vulture pretends to fall, and Spider-Man's like, yay, I did it. Boom. Vulture flies up, uppercuts Spider-Man to the face, which Mm -hmm. serves him right because he ignored his spider sense. He's like, huh, my spider sense is tingling. Oh, well, Vulture's falling, so it's not like there's any danger. He's got to be splat on the ground by... Ah!
1: and this whole double cross is just really cool it's my second favorite part of the issue
0: so the tide's turning vulture's kicking spider-man's butt and he drops spider-man and spider-man lands on his arm and the public (laughs) wonders if spider-man's have it had it and even the cops like you know i never thought he was that bad so the vulture flies away thinking he killed spider-man and peter with a broken arm goes home and there's that famous panel where he's avoiding aunt may because she thinks she hears him up in his room and he's sticking to the wall I mean, no, he's sticking to the ceiling with Ame right under him. You know, if his
1: arm weren't broken, I would have to question that particular posture.
2: Well, <laughs> oh, God. I mean,
0: they kind of did this in the, spi- in the first Spider-Man movie, except it was Norman Osborne, and there's that whole like dramatic blood dropping behind him, like making that little sound that Norman hears. And in,
2: in like, that movie, the ceiling was way, way, way higher. So how does she do something this time? But never mind.
0: Okay, but like, who walks into rooms and like can't see? The- this happens in movies all the time. It's like people have people Poor don't have eyes. I know. Come on. I know that she's old. So so he eventually runs into Aunt May inside the house. He goes into the front door and she's like, oh, you're Oh, I was playing ball. So they go to a doctor. He gets a cast and he thinks that it's going to be on for a while. uh, Maybe even weeks, which we'll talk about that later when we talk about the notes for the issue about the length of when he needs it. And when he gets to school, of course, the gang teases him and Peter thinks, God, I'd love to kill Flash. Wouldn't that be awesome? So more thoughts about doing bad stuff to Flash.
1: Yay, Homicidal Spider-Man.
0: The vulture decides to rob the Daily Bugle for plot reasons. I mean, um, so he can steal their payroll. Let's be honest, it's plot reasons. It's a plot device. So Peter's there. He's flirting with Betty. And she's like, so how'd you really break your arm? He's like, I was fighting the vulture. She's like, okay, fine, whatever. He's like, hey, you asked. He says, let's just stick to the volleyball story, okay? Exactly. So he tried. Uh,
1: now, now, I have to say, that was a pretty big-ass volleyball. I'm not sure if volleyballs have changed over the years, but that volleyball looked like an old-style medicine ball that actually could break your arm and hit you the wrong way.
0: What if Aunt May would have sued the school? I mean, she seems like the type of person that would have done it.
1: Ultimate Flash P- Thompson's parents did it in uh, Ultimate Spider-Man whenever they were fighting and Peter broke his hand.
2: Because they were sober in that universe. <laughs> yeah. Lawyers! Internet! Modern! <laughs> HypnoCoin!
0: So the vulture, <laughs> buy a monkey, buy a monkey. Buy a, the vulture shows up as Peter's begging for more than $10 for a photo. And I know that there's been inflation since then and everything but good god ten dollars for a photo sure. he can buy like a hundred shoelaces with that
2: <laughs> <laughs> Again, so the, the vulture
0: damn. the vulture and jonah are arguing and Jonah's being a coward and a cheapskate and peter's like all right i'm just gonna change into the spider-man and they battle all across the bugle including the parenting press and then the battle eventually goes to the sky and they start to fall but while they're falling peter makes himself stick to the vulture so the vulture's falling too and he's like you idiots which i don't understand why the vulture just doesn't fly away with both their wings. But whatever. Spider-Man, he's old.
1: He can't lift that much.
0: Yeah, but he was just lifting him a few panels earlier. There's leverage. And then he webs, I guess he webs his wings together. I don't think that yeah. it was well enough because he's falling too. So the vulture's falling and he's webbed up and the police are going to get him. And he's like, well, I'm going to let Jonah thank me now. And apparently, Spider Man issue one didn't teach him anything because Jonah's like, ah, look what you did. You're ruining my office. I hate you, Spider Man. Peter's like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to web your mouth. I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier.
1: It's a good thing he left his nostrils open.
0: Yeah. Well, he says, don't worry. It'll melt in an hour, which we think is the first uh, reference to that. And then we get Peter Parker uh, pimpage with really bad dialogue. And within seconds, Mm
2: -hmm. the amazing Mm
0: Spider-Man vanishes to be replaced by a sling-wearing, innocent-looking Peter Parker. The worst thing about being Spider-Man is changing clothes a zillion times a day. Oh, well, it keeps me out of the pool room. Hi, Betty. What are you doing behind that desk? It's the only safe place, Peter. This office was a madhouse a few minutes ago. Mind if I join you? Be my guest. By the way, where were you? Spider-Man was battling the vulture. Me? Oh, I was hiding in the closet. I'm afraid I'm just not the heroic type. Neither am I. Maybe that's- (laughs) So much, Peter. At least you don't pretend to be what you're not. J. Jonah Jameson runs by, screaming some what we think are curse words. Look, Mr. Jameson can't talk. I wonder what's wrong with him. Wrong. It's an improvement. Peter, sometimes I get the feeling that you're laughing at a secret little joke that's all your own. If you keep using that cool perfume, Betty, I may break down and tell you about it someday. Oh, Peter Parker, that's the closest thing to a romantic mark I've ever heard you say. Gosh, I can be more romantic than that. Here, rest your head on my shoulder, blue eyes, and let you enjoy the silence. But what oh, Mr. Jameson say? Nothing, baby. For at least an hour? We admit it, this isn't a typical ending for a typical superhero tale. But we've never claimed that Spider-Man was a typical superhero. In fact, next issue, he does some pretty untypical things. But see for yourself when we meet again.
1: So, did they, like, get it on on the office floor there after this?
0: That's what it's like setting up. It's like, he won't say anything for at least an hour. And, and that's an hour. that's
1: long enough to shoot a scene, right?
0: That's it. And an hour's all I need. Because <laughs> Peter! <laughs> we actually see a continuation of that scene in one of the early issues of Untold Tales of Spider-Man. I want to say it's issue four. It's a Sandman issue. He asks her out on a date, and she says yes, because uh, we actually, they become a couple in the next few issues, but we never actually see the first date, so that's one of the cool things that Untold Tales did. We saw his first date with Betty, and Peter was actually kind of a downer in that date, and he even, like, ditched Betty in the middle of the date, saying, "No, oh, there's something I gotta do.
1: He pulled a dead Whitman on her?
0: Yeah, I mean, he pretty much, he was a sour puss the whole time. He, like, like, he shows up at her door with flowers, but he has the biggest frown on her on his face. It's because something happened with Sandman that shook his confidence. But we see the continuation of the scene where he asks her out. And then afterwards, he's jumping around. I got a date with Betty Brandt. I got a date with Betty Brandt. And then he has his um, cast and he rips it off his arm and he's like i won't be needing this anymore
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like asking betty out just like Jordan's his broken arm that was supposed to be broken for weeks he's <laughs> like well hey, wait, I, wait, wait. it would have been so funny it's like i won't be needing this anymore ah! ah!
2: my love has blinded me well 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 i i have the essential so i, don't, I can't it's all black white Is, doesn't betty have brown
1: eyes uh we don't get too close she enough to look at really, her yeah.
0: eyes i mean Eyes weren't really that detailed back then And eyes changed all the time
1: Shoot, that was one of the things I remembered about the torment arc In the Todd McFarlane Spider-Man Is that Mary Jane's eyes Are constantly changing throughout one issue She's green and then blue And then green and a letter writer wrote and Said that she was really the chameleon
0: yeah, untold tales. Like I said, it, they were really good at filling in these gaps because I cannot, I couldn't believe it at the time when it said we're gonna finally show you Peter and Betty's first date, and I was like, no, nah, they must have had that before. There's no way they could have missed that, and I read the old issues, and I'm sure enough they
1: did. So that's pretty cool, though. I'm glad they, I'm glad they filled that gap. It's, it's, you know, when you, when you're do it, when you're going to do a flashback series like that looking for those gaps and finding what stories are still wanting to be told is a pretty good skill and you can just make up a random spider-man story and put the cast of characters from that era but there's much more payoff if you're finding a story that actually wants to be told and telling that and the first day between betty would be one of those i would think
0: yeah because the next time we see betty it's issue nine and we get the feeling that they like each other and that they're more than friends but it's not elaborate as much because betty comes and waits with him in the hospital with aunt may right I mean, Betty – in Dicko's run and and in Untold Tales, Betty would always visit Aunt May in the hospital, which is really cool because it's not like Aunt May ever betrayed Betty by uh – you know, trying to set up Peter with somebody else while he was dating <laughs> Betty.
1: So going back to the Forest Hills things, just because I, I did look some some stuff up, somehow somewhere, if you Google Peter Parker's address, there is an actual address for him in Forest Hills. I don't Ingram know, Street, yeah, twenty Ingram Street. I don't know where that was ever mentioned or who made it up or if it was comics or where it came from, but I did a Google Maps from that address to I think it was the corner of Thirty Seventh and Second in Manhattan, where the Daily Bugle. Is supposed to be that's a ten mile jaunt. So if he can swing webs at an average of thirty miles an hour, you know, faster than traffic, then that's about a twenty minute commute to get from his house to the Daily bugle, which you know to me is not too shabby and pretty realistic.
0: No, that's not bad. Okay, I don't know New York that well, so I just assume that like a residential area like Forest Hills and. In- Something like the Metropolitan Daily Bugle must have been far away.
1: Well, I mean, yeah, it's across the water. So there's a definite geographic division between them.
0: That's how it is in the video games, but I wasn't sure, you know, how accurate the video games were with the distance.
1: So does the vulture suit have pockets? Because when he goes to do the holdup, where does he get that gun from? And where does he put the gems?
0: It's the vulture. We don't have to explain it.
1: <laughs> it's Dick. it's Dick We don't have to explain it. Because he won't.
0: Well, well, the vulture, it's like, how did you get in here?
2: The same way I shall leave. With your most valuable gems! Just watch me! It's like, that's
0: not how you came in, though. You did not come in with the valuable gems. You are... No. That's that's, that's what I
2: thought when I read it,
0: too. And then, you just want to slap Peter, because when he thinks that the Vulture's defeated, he's like, man, that was too easy. I'm kind of disappointed. It's like, you idiot! Did Dr. Octopus not teach you anything?
1: (laughs) Did you not learn from issue three?
0: Do you need to get thrown out a window again and get a motivational speech from the Human Torch who shows up every other issue? The very next two pages,
2: he, he snaps his arm so they, he had to come.
1: I don't think a motivational speech on the Human Torch would really help him at this point because of their relationship being what it is. But oh. that is the first serious injury that he's sustained, that they actually you know, built into the plot and that lasted for a while, not just a minor bumper bruise or whatever.
0: We're talking about inappropriate um, art with teenagers and older men I need to well, We you.
1: weren't talking about it, but if you want to again we can. uh well,
0: earlier in the issue. Okay, so let me direct you to a certain page. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Page 14 of the story, like not page 11 of which would be page 11 if you're doing it on uh <laughs> oh my bottom God. bottom panels. Oh panel. <laughs> the last For those my God. <laughs> We have Spider-Man playing butt Leapfrog with J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, and he's copying a definite feel on Jonah's butt right there.
1: Oh, right <laughs> above got, it, too. Should. Right above it. Like, Spider-Man <laughs> trying to shoehorn in on Vulture's actions, so he swats him away. Oh. That's terrible. Uh, oh, Betty- Lord.
0: <laughs> Betty's characterization as a coward gets played up over the years. Like, here she's kind of calm. She's just, like, hiding under her desk. She's like, oh, I'm going to be here while it's safe. When the Scorpion shows up in about 20 issues or so, she has a traumatic nervous breakdown well, to I the think- point where she needs to miss work.
1: I think things have, like, gradually worn away at her, like, emotional yeah. stability. This is her first <laughs> encounter with a supervillain, and-
0: I'm, you know she owes money to the mob and stuff and her mom's in the hospital i mean she's she, you know you
1: know in issue four they had like, the
2: battle in the classroom and everything and this issue seven they had a battle in uh, the daily bugle and i was like thinking like well that's kind of interesting but then i thought that in, back in the uh the playstation action spider-man game where you actually did fight in the in the basement of the bugle with all the running printing oh god
1: i love that scene i think this is what that's one of the things that makes this story so much stronger than uh issue two is just Mm -hmm. the the scenes of the fighting and everything because i remember reading that and watching them you know swinging around over those printing presses and what would happen if spider-man fell and got into the rollers and untold numbers of blood-streaked newspaper rolls were going through my head as a kid it was uh, pretty crazy Payroll trucks. No such animal exists today. You couldn't tell this story anymore with the vulture trying to rob the payroll trucks.
2: So I really like this, I like, I really like this issue because the whole dilemma of having an injury, trying to lie about it, trying to hide from it, and then trying to fight with it, is really played up. I think, as, as best as it can. I really like the scene where he hides from Aunt May, you know, senseless as it is. Because you've never seen Peter in that, up at this point in that situation. Then it's, then it's a lie about it. Then it's to take the ribbing from the... The kids about it. Then it's like fight with it. You see a lot of like a lot of thought process going along with it and um. He kind, of, he kind of deserves, you know, getting the girl at the end because he had to put through all this crap.
1: Yeah, the whole uh, living your life with a Spider-Man injury thing is a plot device they'll use a lot more in the future. But this is the first time they're using it, and it's done really, really well.
2: My favorite is when he when he had the ulcer when he fought a Doctor Octopus because I was first of all I I, I never knew Peter had an ulcer, but like I thought I thought I thought the that, that, uh, Conway dealt with it really well. I just love like, how
0: this injury is resolved. Like in Untold Tales, he's like, "Well,
2: I won't be needing this anymore
0: because Betty said yes." <laughs>
2: That reminds me of a, another Simpsons gag where uh, Reverend's daughter kisses him, and, and, and like, like no, he gets punched by Nelson, and then the Reverend's daughter kisses him, and he's like, you know, wow, the power of your kiss, you know, puts it full strength, and he stands up, then he falls right back. Down and he's like, oh, give me a second. He, he can't get back up because the punch hurts so bad.
1: Zach, did you have any thoughts on this issue? Y'all said everything. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. Uh, oh, it's fine, man. I'm used to it. I do a podcast with John. Oh, I'm, I'm kidding, John. I'm kidding. Has any of you read Spider-Man Noir? I has not. I haven't either. I've only read Ultimate Spider-Man pretty much. They have the Vulture in that story. I've only read the first issue in my read-through that I'm doing. I just got to the first issue and I read it. And they have the Vulture as being like a super sharp-toothed, cannibal-type old man creature. It's, it's really kind of twisted and weird. It's an interesting, interesting reinterpretation of the character.
0: Oh, you think that that's interesting? You think that that's interesting? No. Take a look at who the current Vulture is. He throws up acid at you and it makes you blind.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> because you
2: demanded it. Because <laughs> so you of, a,
0: a kid wrote in, Hey, I think that the Vulture's too boring and old. Make him a young guy who throws up on people and growls and has weird teeth.
1: So speaking of fans demanding, the letters columns in this issue, um, they did go up through issue four. One person says, I think Peter Parker should have a girlfriend who sticks up for him when he's being bullied. And I don't mean some chick who's homely, wears specs in a sack dress with black and white saddle shoes, or is as science minded as he is. I mean a doll with a good figure, get up and go, who digs jazz and rock and roll. You follow me? And I was just wondering if that was the letter that you remember reading.
0: Yep, that's Almost the letter it. I remember reading. Okay. You following like, me? All. The early genesis of Mary Jane Watson. Could that yeah. have planted a seed in Stanley's I mean, it's not verbatim Mary Jane's character, but you imagine it even could.
1: Thing? It did. Well, the, the Mary Jane development was quite a bit later. I mean, that we, side of her personality didn't get brought out until she was actually revealed, and that was in the 40s issue count numbers. So that's several yeah, weeks later.
0: She's dressed like a debutante, just like Liz Ellen, you know, when that flower's eating her face in issue 25. With the
1: little bonnet or scarf over her hair that she will yes. never wear again. Get in her life.
0: Yeah, she looks like a screen star.
1: <laughs> a screen star of what? <laughs> Psycho. <laughs>
0: it's like why is she wearing? you get the feeling that mary jane came over for coffee and she's wearing something it's like oh my you're not going to meet peter in this so aunt may drags mary jane upstairs and makes her change into all this stuff and she's like and your hair it's so wild and unkempt here put this on and mary jane's sitting there on that couch thinking this is the most humiliating experience of my life and then these two girls come over who she has no idea who they are that like another just reason
2: why aunt May should die
0: I'd love to see that scene from Mary Jane's point of view.
1: (laughs) So Bob Jennings also wrote in, he actually wrote in to criticize the Ditko art. On the Doc Ock story. He thought it was rather poor compared to the first two issues. And I went back and looked at the Doc Ock story, and there are quite a few places where things are kind of. It's I don't not know. so hot. Yeah, it's not so hot. Paul Gambaccini wrote a letter praising Spider Man, but at the same time, really putting down the competition. And the editorial reply, which I believe Stan Lee was writing these at this time, is that it's not fair to knock any other group of magazines while boasting about Marvels. And boy, would this attitude change. <laughs>
2: I have no idea what you mean, John.
1: <laughs> so finally, in the letters column, Stan asked readers if they'd be okay with closing down the Spider's Web column and lumping the Spidey letters into the Fantastic Four book, leaving two Why? more pages for storytelling.
2: What's the point? <laughs>
1: what? Yeah, well, uh, they did a, not very many magazines had letters columns at this time, especially the anthology books. They didn't have letters columns. And so they would put letters for other magazines in the Fantastic Four book and they were like, do you want us to do the same for Spidey? Give you two more pages to for story and take all these letters and dump them in with Fantastic Four.
0: Did they really do that for other books? Because I did not know that.
1: They're, not as much. Most of the Fantastic Four letters column is Fantastic Four letters, but you will have stuff about the Avengers and the X-Men before they had their own letters columns and ah. the other books that didn't have letters columns. So yeah, there were a lot of other, a, a lot of other books letters got printed in the Fantastic Four. There are ads for the Avengers number two where they they go against the Space Phantom, and the Hulk leaves the team at the end, and the X-Men number two against the Vanisher, and a darling pet monkey. Aww, squirrel monkey. That pet monkey needs to get his own book. <laughs> 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 I don't I don't the didn't they do that last,
2: try it last year? More the Vanisher or a monkey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, cameo time. On the same day as this issue came out, Strange Tales number 115 hit the stands. This issue was better known in Marvel history as the issue to finally tell Doctor Strange's origin story, but This book also had a Torch-Sandman fight that cameoed Spider-Man and showed his face on the cover. Sandman escapes from prison, and the Torch goes after him, but the Sandman only wants to fight Spider-Man. So the Torch actually masquerades as Spider-Man, and the readers don't realize it's a fake out until Sandman knocks him off a tower. Instead of webbing to safety, he bursts into flame as the Torch. The actual Spider-Man finally makes a brief appearance in the final panel. The police are carrying away Sandman, and one says, I'm betting that he won't want to escape again. Not when he knows the Human Torch will be waiting. And Spider-Man's looking on in the distance, thinking to himself to say nothing of Spider-Man. I'm glad that flaming freak didn't get clobbered by Sandman, but I don't like the idea of him cutting in on my capers. Sooner or later, this town will be too small for the Torch and me.
0: Actually, that Untold tale story where he goes out with Betty and fights the Sandman, it continues from that because the Sandman escapes from his confrontation with the Human Torch. He gets out of, you have the cops, those cops, they open the back of the truck and the Sandman's gone.
1: Well, yeah, they're just walking away with him. I think there's something in the story that's keeping him from changing right then. But yeah, they're walking away with a man who can turn into sand.
0: Which was another cool thing about Kurt Busiek because <laughs> he was, you know, pulling in things from the other uh, series that were going on at the time.
1: Oh, yeah. So this is the first hint of Sandman becoming of. Less- of a spider-man villain he's not gone from spider-man yet but uh this is the first time he's ventured out in other areas because the vast majority of sandman stories at least for the next 20 years after this point are not spider-man stories
0: he joins the frightful four for a while
1: yes i hate that costume but i've said that before.
0: <laughs> oh god
1: but we're all going to see him again for a big three-parter uh in this story in this series pretty soon
0: this town's not big enough for the two of you dude there's like a million heroes in new york <laughs> Okay. (laughs) When do you get up to the 90s?
1: Not it's to mention life. your big sister and her stretchy husband. So, Amazing Spider-Man number 8 was released October 8th, 1963, with a cover date of January. This is one week after my dad's birthday. He turned 9 this year. And Donovan's going to tell us about this book.
2: Oh, boy. <laughs> it's a terrible threat of the living brain. How would you like to see Pete Parker fight Flash Thompson? See Spider-Man fight a non-human menace? See a t- tale of sheer fantasy so real it feels it's happening to you? You'd like it? Okay, you got it. Let's start reading. So, um not ta- our,
0: our our extra added attraction. Spider Man oh, tackles the Human Torch because Human Torch. It's pretty good that he's getting a guest spot in this book. He's like never appeared in this book before,
2: and never will again. So, it's it's, it's a, a one time treat. Midtown High sophomore classes guessing at um oh it's a, it's other class right yeah like they're bringing in the, uh, this robot that this. It says
0: uh, senior science class. Sorry, I don't mean to block you there, but...
2: Well, I, I actually have a theory on Peter Parker's age, but uh, I'll get to that after this month. Anyway, basically, they're, they're here to see that this um, modern miracle of science, that uh, this, this living brain robot can, you know detect things and calculate things just as fast as a human can or possibly even faster. While they're marveling at it, Flash and Peter get into a bickering contest as they typically do, and Flash kind of backslaps him across the head, and Peter's glasses fall. Peter and Flash are squabbling more. Peter's like, you know, I've had it with this guy. I've had it with him messing with me. You know, he's going to get what's coming to him. I never need those glasses anyway. Which is the explanation that Peter's never really needed glasses, just that you figure that Aunt May and Uncle May gave him glasses just because. Whereas it's been, it kind of been retconned later on, that, ooh, he needed glasses, but his spider power strengthened his eye muscles, but whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice.
2: <laughs> the living brain robot is being taught that it's being, you know, being super perceptive. So they asked one of the students, um, who was volunteered by Flashman Peter, or actually volunteered by Peter Peter, to um, help figure out a question. And they said, well, kids, what questions should we ask the living brain? And they're like, who is Spider-Man? What's his real identity? So, and Peter's like, you know, oh crap, if he finds this out, then I'm, I'm screwed, they'll know who I am. Meanwhile, two thugs who, you know, are like the nicest men ever, they don't want like bad guys whatsoever, say, Did you hear him call the brain heat? Like he was a real person? It's smarter than any real person. Like if you got a horse race winners, elections, anything, we get rich if we owned it. So, you know, those are the last time you'll see those guys. Spoilers, not.
1: I like how <laughs> computers can come up with anything. Like, just I, I, I,
2: I, I like how the children know, like, all these details about Spider-Man. Like, what are some details you know about Spider-Man? He's five feet 10 inches tall, 160 pounds, and I'm like, wait, 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 what? Have they even seen him up close?
1: Yeah, uh, no, oh, right? I
2: guess. Yeah, I guess it didn't. It and he played. has the dreamiest eyes ever.
1: The or big whatever, white oh. lenses that you can't see out of the, the mirrors that look back at you.
0: Or right, I think that's what Liz said. Hold on, Liz He's Liz the most
1: Liz. wonderful, world, glamorous man
2: of the whole world. <laughs> Holding a picture of Peter Dilly. he's in <laughs> right um, Peter. he the
0: area a lot. Area like, a lot. <laughs> Good job with that spider sense, Peter.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Peter's he, he's he's, like, he's kind of depressed now. He's like he's like, like there's no way I can get out of this. So he feeds it the information uh, somehow, and once the information is printed out, it's printed out in numeric codes, binary codes. So is it like, well, well Peter? Is or Parker? It's up to you to translate this. And um, Flash is like, give me a lame brain, I can translate. It. This is too valuable for you to decode it. And Parker is like, you know, you can't even translate your own name if someone did not help you. So they start, you know, squabbling back and forth with like a couple of little boys. And then Professor Ward is like, you know, Parker, you two right now. I've had my eye on you two for a while now. If you both are such enemies, I suggest you settle it in a you. Once and for all, here's a couple of guns. Pistols at dawn, gentlemen. Well, actually, it says that they fight in the gyms.
1: Yeah, it, this would never happen in a school. I know. Maybe back
2: I've then, this. but not now.
1: There's never been a point where I've read this where
2: I didn't call BS on that teacher.
1: <laughs> and, 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 and <laughs> He's the, just like,
0: dude, don't fight in my class.
1: And the computer checking me has to point out, Donovan, not that you know I'm saying you're wrong or anything, but that's not binary code on the strip. It might be hexadecimal because it has letters in it, but it's not binary. I don't know. Sorry, just just throwing that up. You got to
0: think that Mr. Warren's been seeing Peter and Flash fighting each other day after day for classes for all these months. So he's probably just like, you know what? Just get it over with. He's probably tired of this, shiz.
2: And so after class, Peter and Flash are getting ready for their fight, which includes boxing gloves and a ring. I guess that's how they did
1: in the 60s. Oh, and he's giving himself himself, uh, some Spider-Man art on his skin there. Peter's got no nipples. Actually, nobody has nipples here.
0: On page six, like... Look at his chest. It's like
2: it's like a Ken doll chest. There's like. <laughs> it's I wonder if they
1: weren't allowed to draw nipples because nobody has nipples.
2: I don't think there were. There was a Batman comic where, um, like Daniel Neal, no, not Daniel Neal, Neil Adams drew a nipples on Batman, and the, and the editors were shocked.
1: Maybe so. human males didn't have nipples back then. Maybe it's evolved since then.
2: Maybe you're right. We, we should
0: yeah. ask someone that was alive in the 60s, like our parents. Stanley. ask Stan Stanley? <laughs> e- email stanley ask him about nipples
1: ask your dad to take off his shirt and see if he had nipples
0: this conversation yeah, is ending right now
1: <laughs>
0: okay, so the, the, you, the you, when, we, when the... we get to the point in the podcast we are we are asking our parents to remove articles of clothing <laughs> the podcast is over <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, um, okay, Donovan, tell the story. Yeah.
2: The fight begins with um, um, everybody cheering on Flash and nobody behind Peter gets at think, oh, Flash is going to take him easily. Let's watch him fight him easily. Peter, on the other hand, is thinking, of, like, you know, I can take this guy out without a charm, but I don't want to totally destroy him, so I'm going to put the slightest blow on my punch. And despite this, he clears Flash through the ropes into the crowd and, they're like, what the heck happened? And Peter's like, geez, I, you know. I, I tried not to hit him so hard, but I couldn't help it. I'm just too powerful. And everybody's like, oh, it must have been a trick, it must have been a trick. There's no way, a beauty barter can blah, blah, blah. So, uh, while this is happening, the two thugs from the beginning, you, I promise that you wouldn't see again. Well, you see them again. They, they end up knocking out the professor and stealing the brain. But they, they mess with it, they, they short-circuit it, trying to lift it out there, and it starts going berserk. So it starts swinging it like a, bunch, a couple of bullets. And go, walk and going berserk around the lab. Meanwhile, back at the fight, uh, Peter's you know, bobbing and weaving and ducking and diving, and he's, he's he's decided to end this. He says, "Okay, here it comes, Flash. Now, smile. I want to remember you as you look right now." And at the sounds of the brain going crazy, Flash looks away right as Peter knocks him out. And was like, boo, It was hit him when his, his head was turned. It was a foe. So um, Peter's like, ah, well, that sucks. He, he hears the cries and he turns to Spider-Man and runs into the living brain, who is chasing into the crowd. Spider-Man helps to clear the crowd. And then there's several pages of them basically running and fighting and running and fighting until he out him and manages to switch off the switches to, to make the, um, the thing complacent now. Flash later wakes up from being unconscious and mentions changing the clothes right as the two thugs who um, try to steal in the first place run into him. They, not, they knock themselves out stupidly. Everyone's like, wow, Flash caught the two robbers. And Peter's like, well, this is easy. Say, Flash, you're the only one who wasn't with us when Spider-Man was fighting the living brain. You, you're the one who um, didn't want his uh, secret identity exposed in front of everyone. You must be Spider Man. You're like, knock it off, bookworm. You're imagining things. I'm not Spider Man. And everyone was like, hey, Spider- Flash must be Spider Man. And Peter's like, well, the, the, well this, ends up, this ends up well for me. I'll just say i, I forgot up about this trip uh, during all the excitement. Oh, this has been a mighty pleasant day.
1: There was a HypnoCoin ad, which uh, I was uh, going to interrupt you, but you breezed over the fighting so quickly. Thank you, by the way, for doing that because I find this fight to be really, really boring.
2: Yeah, honestly, yeah. I did that because I skipped. Most of it, when I was reading.
0: The that. Living
1: Brain fight. God. The Living
0: Brain is one of the few Ditko villains who doesn't really come back that ha- much. I mean, he's 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 come back. I mean, because everybody comes back, but
1: I do have yeah, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, one of the issues in the year 2000 had him.
0: Oh, he he came back in the 80s, um, in a few issues of Web where Peter actually substitutes at at Midtown High for the first time. Really? You no, know, they had yeah, it was a two-parter, and the Living Brain came back.
1: Okay, because the index said that the Peter Parker Spider-Man was the next one, so I guess somebody missed their web.
0: And in fact, the cover was a mirror image of this.
1: Of the splash page?
0: No, of of the cover.
1: The uh, the tribute to Teenagers cover was a, was mirrored on a web of?
0: Yeah, it was very early in Web of Spider-Man. Not long after Peter and Mary Jane got married was issue 35. <laughs> the dramatic return of one of Spider-Man's deadliest
2: supervillains. Uh, they love lying in Marvel, don't they?
1: <laughs> liar i call shenanigans so the punch of flash going over the ropes Great and how, all Great how powerful that was Great i damage. just read an amazing spider-man family number three mm-hmm. which came out in december of 2008 there is a story by jm de Mateus called the punch and oh, I, I
2: have that issue I'm, i know what you're about
1: that was a pretty good story where spider-man like first punches a guy and almost kills him and mm-hmm. i just would have to you know It was a good story, but it doesn't really jive with this continuity here, because this is obviously the first time Peter realizes just how strong his punches are.
2: You don't say? (laughs) Well, he was really mad at his time. Like, I really, really, really want to punch this guy. It must have felt so satisfying to see him fly across the ropes.
1: And I have to say that he's supposed to have super fast instincts and reflexes. So if there's enough time between Flash turning his head and Parker connecting that everyone else sees it, then that should be enough time for spider-man to react do not look at the man behind the green. don't 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 think about it don't think about it just keep going <laughs> just keep just keep, dancing. Just keep dancing. but yeah this is probably my least favorite story of the entire first 20 issues of the book
2: a rampant robot's not very interesting
1: No, Superman can fight robots and that can be fun spider-man fighting robots I mean
0: well make it an interesting robot at the very least
1: it's one of the worst looking robots ever
2: if you're if you're if you're an adolescent or a kid reading this and you kind of sympathize with the nerd getting picked on by the bully, and it's the issue that highlights. See, Peter Parker and Flash Thompson fight, and they start fighting, and then like a, a, a stupid looking robot comes out. Which would which, you which, which honestly want to see more? The superhero and his, his student identity taking on the bully when you can fully take him on for the first time, or a robot just running around? Which also we have, would, you, would you rather
0: see? We have another case here of like Flash and Peter about to kick each other's butt with Liz standing between them with her debutante costume, holding her hands up like I do declare. <laughs> she does that, like, almost all.
1: I like it and at page seven at the bottom. She's, like, covering her eyes. She doesn't want to see the fight.
0: Oh, but I love them both. Well, I don't think she loves Peter at this point, but... Uh, uh,
1: no. This, this Untold is, Tales
0: elaborates on Peter losing his glasses because Aunt May was, of course, saying that she, he needed to get them replaced. And he's like, I don't need them. So he had to go to an eye doctor to get a second opinion. So he goes, to an, uh, yeah, he goes to an eye doctor and he calls himself Peter Palmer because he's afraid that the eye doctor might see that he has, like, spider eyes or something. Wow. So, uh, That's and, pretty cool. Uh, And Liz makes an innocent comment to the rest of the gang that Peter kind of looks cute without his glasses now. So that, like, sets up the impetus for her having a crush on him around issue 12. Although, you know, she was, you know, she was digging him with his, you know, chest off, even though there was no nipples. Yeah, I
2: mean, like both, both Peter and Flash are pretty jacked in this issue. I love on page five when the, the kids said, "Well, don't worry, streaming." Peter has like a six pack and like like huge biceps and deltoids. Like, do these kids are these kids so like don't like him that they'll refuse how muscular he is? I mean, seriously,
1: because <laughs> he's pretty puny fit. Darker. He's not skinny. So like,
2: he, he and Flash are almost the same. I mean, Flash is a a smidge. Thicker than he is, but Peter's still like any two-faced idiot. You could tell that he's like he's in really good shape. And like, oh, he's going a get Like, like, sh- you really want these kids to like, kind of, like, have a bully for them because they're so ridiculously annoying. But that's just me.
1: Zach, did you everything on this issue? I don't get why a parent would name their child Flash.
2: <laughs> His name's well, Eugene. Yeah, Flash no. isn't. A-
1: but we don't know that yet. I mean, that hasn't been revealed yet in the series. It's comes out, I guess, a lot later because I'm in the in 1981 and still haven't gotten that.
2: This is the part of the show where we're going to retcon time. Originally, there was a story that said Flash was named Flash because he was so fast in the football field. But in a web, or Spectacular Spider-Man, the cartoon, he oh, said that he was Flash because he would never wear pants when he was a little boy. But another reason he was named Flash because he was quick in bed. It, it, it goes back and forth.
0: In bed, more like in backseat of car.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so the second story is titled Spider-Man Makes an Ass of Himself and Doesn't Understand Why That Upsets People. Can you talk about that, Don? Yeah, Letter by Steve Rosen. That was,
2: that was his uh, title. Spider-Man tackles the torch Basically Spider-Man You know Feels like acting like a douche So he he, um, Tracks down torch As he Pulls up his new Stingray Dun dun Uh, dun Yeah he he borrowed from um, Sean Connery that day
1: Last um, week he was driving an XK Jag and now this! <laughs> oh! Doris hadn't found him first!
2: Torch shows off, Spider-Man shows off because he, he um, starts making web objects with his webbing. Everyone's like, Spider-Man? Who invited him? And it's really a lot like like the nerd trying to be cool. So he's kind of come off as a jerk to the crowd and everyone's like, ah, he's a loser. So he and, T- he and Torch get into a piss- pissing contest and um, basically they, they fight with their webbing and their flame attacks. Eventually, he, they, they, is it a beach they land on? Because uh, the Spider-Man kind of gets him and sees like, reach out his hand, "Can I give you a hand, son? Because we, we, you know, we we never really want to talk to you for the last ten times we, we've encountered, but now let's 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 have a chat." So Spider-Man realizing how many times those guys have screwed him over in the past 10, 10 hours of podcasts. <laughs> Starts fighting with them all over again like he did in H one. Um, it's actually Sue Storm who gets the better of him because she, uh, I think she takes, did she, is it a rope or just uh,
1: his own webbing? I think she just grabs she, his way has a big old web wings and she just grabs him.
2: Yes, yeah, she, she she grabs him and then kind of kneels over him in that you know seductive teacher style and says, "You're entirely too clever and adorable to be fighting with us. I'll bet you're as handsome as you are muscular under that mask." Oh, cut it out, Sue. I just stayed. So Spider-Man is like you know, it's hell with all of three of you except for. Sue, she's awesome. So he, this
1: like, is where, back whenever Sue was still flirting with every guy, Reed, Namor, Spider-Man, doesn't matter. What do you mean back? <laughs> oh, well, in, in, in the fantastic four that i've read which is up through issue like 75 uh she stopped doing that once she and reed actually got engaged and started working towards getting married she,
2: she, she has her mall doll type of haircut now
0: uh, untold tales i guess the theme of last episode was john bird the theme of this episode is untold tales they did a continuation of this where they're doing it's more johnny and peter trying to one-up each other so he decides to make johnny angry he's gonna ask sue out remembering that whole thing where he Web the heart for her and sue's mad at reed for you know being all sciency and not being all hey your hair looks pretty today so she accepts and peter's thinking oh crap i didn't think this through but okay i'll go on a date with her <laughs> so johnny to like uh, get revenge on on spider-man because he can't stand the fact that sue and spider-man are going out on a date and they go out to like a pizza parlor and peter webs like a <laughs> he webs a bow tie to himself which like becomes half melted <laughs> over the course of the day. Johnny goes to the sea and he puts a bunch of flames in there and Namor wakes up, he's like, Who dad stirs me? It's like, quick, Sue, she's been kidnapped by Spider Man. You have to do something <laughs> So it becomes this whole like superhero misunderstanding mix up fight. It's Untold Tales annual one, and it is freaking hilarious.
1: I think that's the one that's drawn by Michael already. It might be. He did the uh, X Force, X He did, uh, he's done some several creator owned things. Um, I like his art. It's very, yeah. very stylistic, very, uh, very
0: pop art esque. I would recommend picking it up.
1: So the Fantastic Four here and some of Donovan's comments about the Fantastic Four remind me of early Legion stories. Have you all ever read any of the first Silver Age Legion stories? Well, Legion are like X-Men. I can't. They're so convoluted.
2: I I really can't get into it. Okay.
1: The early Legion, the first several appearances that they do, you know, they're not bad guys, of course. They're, you know superhero teenagers and they want to be friends with Superboy and Supergirl. But they haze them. They haze them. And and it's not just the first story where they try to recruit Superboy and throw all these pranks on him. Several stories are them doing pranks and mischief on Superboy and Supergirl. And it's just like, why the hell are you interfering with my life and sending me on all these crazy stunts? Because... I don't like you but no no of course they're all just good friends and take it all in, in kind and everything but it reminds me of that here
2: well I just I just want to like kind of point out to the listeners because um, I mean I I know my fair share of basics for the Fantastic 4 but I am not and I, I have read a couple of uh, F4 stories but actually those a while ago I'm not huge on like like F- fantasy 4 um, like just like kind of a little more than the basics. They, they seriously are, like, like just these stuck-up celebrity superheroes. I mean, because I know that the Golden Boys of the of the Marvel Universe, like, everybody loves them. But they just, they just, they just they, they, they see, like, some madonnas in, in, like, every single issue that they're referenced in. Oh, should we help them? I don't want to help them. Okay, let's help them. Why do I got to help them? Here, Spider-Man, let's help you. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, no. Because want... that's
0: who they are from Spider-Man's point of view.
2: I mean, but it's not, like, I mean, yeah, but I don't, I don't think Stan... Shows um I mean this is the third person perspective not not first person perspective so I, it, it just makes you want to kill yourself just hearing Ben <laughs> bitch about everything left and right when it's not about him I don't know it's it, and, and and I know I know reads about you know damn it woman leave me to my science but it's like can't they can't they can they like I don't know play ball for one issue they have to like you know Human Torch save the world I'm, I'm too I'm too busy combing my hair and driving my and that, and that, and that leads me to another question. Like in the very first issue, like the Strange Tales issue, um, did, did, did Sue and did Sue and Johnny have a separate house from the Baxter Building?
0: Yeah, they yeah, used to live in, Glenville. in um, Glenville, and they'd huh? stay at the Baxter Building sometimes. Glenville was the town where everyone was humoring the Human Torch by pretending that he didn't have a secret identity.
2: I really want to forget about that an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> I Dude,
0: it's hilarious. It's, it's it's like oh, we all knew you had a secret identity. We're just being polite.
1: <laughs> okay, so. Personally, I think that Spider-Man kind of had it coming here. Like, he just throws off the party for no reason, except for this town's not big enough for the two of us.
2: He
0: did, he did. Like I said, Spider-Man's just a jerk. He's he's like, oh, the Human Torch is having a good time. Well, we can't have any of that.
1: (laughs) Now, for some reason... (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I don't know if any of you bought the 14 issues of the official index of the Marvel Universe.
0: I got various ones.
1: Okay, I bought the whole set as it was coming out and it basically gives an entire chronology of Spider-Man, Iron Man and the X-Men from day 1 till the end of 2009. Very very cool. A few errors here and there but for the most part it's really really awesome. For some reason though and this is one of the places where I kind of call what are you talking about on it, they put this backup story after the Beetle story of Number 21. (laughs) That's
2: actually kind of funny, considering what happens in the
0: Beatles. Well, because uh, Spider-Man doesn't know who Doris Evans is. That's why. I I remember that. That was explained.
1: Oh, okay. Because. Okay. That's the continuity reason.
0: Because he doesn't recognize Doris Evans when he meets her, but he knows who she is here. Okay. Doris Evans. Ugh.
1: To me, that could be totally explained by the passage of time.
0: Yeah, but they, someone that worked at Marvel decided
1: nah. Okay, well at least at least that's a reason. Because I was thinking, why would you put this after the other story that came out two years later, or at least a year and a half later? But but that's a reason, so that that's that's enough for me. That's fine. Is Stewart? that a big giant web bat? Yeah, that's oh, a big giant. I'm afraid Absolutely. so. Made of ice webs. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And I, all I, I of did, a sudden like it how... started snowing. <laughs> I do like how he punches through it and like a bunch of web tendrils kind of pop out. Oh, that's kind oh, of
0: cool. I, I'm not sure if this was done before now, but he sings uh, the man on the flying trapeze, Peter, when he's flying. He does this a lot, particularly in the Lee Dicko run. Yes. And I think that this is the first time he sings it, unless I missed it in one of the other issues that we did. Floats through the
1: no. air. Okay, so the letters page here uh, took us up through the annuals and the Dr. Jim story. Buddy Saunders likened the Torch-Spidey fight of the Strange Tales annual to the Torch-Namor fights of old. And to me, there's no contest between those two i don't know where he was getting his ideas but i guess torch fighting somebody made him think of it kevin r mcdonald tells them they use radiation too much and they're like we had to have some sort of plot device (laughs) (laughs)
2: it's
1: very true
0: it's the 60s it's radiation's this scary thing that can blow up cities but also turn you green or turn you into sand or you know it doesn't matter it's it's like kryptonite on smallville it it, does whatever you want it, it to yeah
1: There had been a letter a few issues back, I don't think I mentioned it, suggesting that they take the word amazing out of the title because it was kind of corny. But uh, they do announce here that reader response favored leaving it in. So Spider-Man will always stay amazing, just like his amazing fantasy roots. And there is a promise next issue. So we have a little bit of a cliffhanger here. Next issue to reveal whether the readers voted to keep the letters column or ditch it. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. dun, dun, the, dun well,
0: how are you going to announce it unless the there's a letters column to <laughs>
1: announce it? So. <laughs> the very last page, the ad, that dude looks like a rapist.
2: I wish I had that page, but it's selling it. The,
1: uh, the Dynaflex method? The hypnotizing guy. The hypnotizing guy. Yeah. Because oh he gosh. has Donovan. There's this woman with the whole floating in the air with a blanket dangling over her thing. But it looks like she's wearing nothing but that blanket. And then there's this little guy's head, like down into the right, looking up at her. And from the angle, he could be looking up with the blanket at her. And yeah, oh, it's, uh, it's pretty terrible.
2: These, these, see, this this is what Friendship Worth was going on and on about with these pictures. I mean, we talk about um, Spider Man <laughs> playing Leapfrog with J. John Jameson. Yeah, you know. Monkeys being sold, hypno coins, rapists, magic men, and,
1: and Jimi Hendrix music, which is awesome. <laughs> oh, well, we don't have Jimi Hendrix yet because we don't even have the Beatles yet, do we? Uh,
0: well, the Beatles are. Hold on. What 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 what, is, what uh, date 63? is this? 63. Yeah. Well, the Beatles were around in 63, but they
1: just hadn't hit America pretty big. Okay, yet. This is October 1963, so I but guess they're they're going on in the in the UK.
0: By sixty-three they had Ringo and they had recorded their, you know, early stuff already. Okay. Pete's gone.
1: For those of you who don't know, Josh Bertoni does have a Beatles podcast.
0: I just came back from Beatles Cruise Fool. It was
1: awesome. Amazing Spider-Man. We have eight issues down, six hundred and nineteen to go. Unless they release more in the interim. Yeah. So you can reach us by email. At Amazing Spider Man Classics at Gmail.com. This show, Amazing Spider Man Classics, is hosted at Libson. The web address is Amazing Spider You can also uh, go on the Facebook.com and search for Amazing Spider Man Classics. There is a group page there. Uh, feel free to join that and get notifications when episodes go up. And next, thank issue. you for the comments. Yes, please continue to write in. We love the feedback.
0: A preview of what's to come. You cannot beat him. He's Electro. Boogie, woogie, woogie. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Parker does, Peter Parker does something morally ambiguous with photos and Electro. And we got the Enforcers. They got cowboys with big-ass ropes. You're not going <laughs> to want to miss that. Oh, and some guy's coming back with a bunch of arms.
1: Dun-dun-dun.
0: Betty Brant's about to become an only
2: child. Oh. <laughs> 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 wait, I thought she was. Wait, she has a brother? Oh wait, he's dead. Spoiler. <laughs> oh,
1: spoiler. Introduced this character to kill him, but we'll talk about that later. Okay. All well, that and Dash, Spider-Man. Don oh. and Zach, thank you all very much for being on tonight. And we will say goodnight for listening to Amazing Spider-Man Classics. <laughs> <laughs>
0: A web, any size Catches seeds, just like flies Look out, here comes The Spider-Man Is he strong? Listen bud, he's got radio Active blood, can he swing
1: From a thread, take a look Overhead, hey there There goes the Spider-Man In the chill of night At
0: the scene of a crime Like a streak of light, He arrives just in time. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Welcome fame. He's ignored. Action is his reward to him. Life is a great big up. Wherever
2: there's a hang up, you find a Spider-Man.
1: Well, he didn't really need his nipples. I mean he's not gonna use them for anything. You're, you're really
0: looking for those nipples. Even, we, I mean, need, we need to stop talking about nipples.
1: Even Jesus yes. had no use for his nipples. He couldn't get him to work.
2: Nipples. <laughs> well, okay. That's
1: enough. You, you, well, and I, I, that's you and I are so done professionally.
2: <laughs> A
1: good <guy>. Am, am <laughs> I seriously <laughs> offending? I mean, seriously? I, no. Okay, no. Good, good. I don't even understand the reference. Jesus not with... What? What? I don't get Jesus not using his nipples. Well, I mean, with all of his divine powers, he couldn't get his nipples to work. This is so cut. This is so okay. yeah. oh I mean, you think do? he could have like made lasers come out of that when he was on the cross or something? But no. <laughs>
2: oh. What? <laughs> the, 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 Catholic, the Catholic in me wants to say something, but
0: oh my god! Yeah. I'm glad I'm a person who's not easily offended.
2: <laughs> the College Catholic, the giving Catholic me does not care. This is, we are so done professionally.